0: Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. As Nike trainers, international retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, we help people from all different backgrounds push towards their potential, get healthy, and change the world. This podcast is about teaching others to actively pursue their entrepreneurial dreams, similar to how we pursued ours, and how to get and stay healthy doing it. We didn't start our careers in training and wellness. Jason worked in public accounting, and I, Brett, worked in corporate retail until starting our dream experiential wellness business, Live Better. What started as an idea for a protein bar led us down a path to build what Live Better is now, which performs everything from personal training and corporate wellness to international wellness retreats and yoga and meditation for kids. We are here to encourage you to follow your dreams while holding you accountable. It's not easy, it's not always simple, but it is possible. Let's make today the best day ever. What's up, with Better Fam? We are here for part two with a uh, friend, uh, old podcast guest, uh, Shervine. We had an awesome first episode. We have gotten so much good feedback from it, and it. And the episode ends with you having to go run to another meeting, and we got so many people being like, yo, when are you guys putting out part two? Um, so we're excited to get it, get it in, get it in quick, um, and, uh, and really dive into some stuff we were, we were tinkering with. So to refresh, at the end of that episode, we were really talking about how there are all of these different individual pieces that, one, either make up health and or make up kind of this commoditized industry of, you know, a, a term I've heard a bunch is like a pill for every ill. Um, and so there's either like, okay, well, I want to get better at wellness. So I'm going to do meditation or I feel sick. So I'm going to take this pill or take this supplement. Uh, and we were really wrapping around how, like, what does this mean? Holistically, you hear this term, holistic health, you hear holistic practitioners. Um, and it's really the understanding of, you know, how all these pieces fit together. Um, and it's honestly on an individual level, um, but how we can start to think more that way as opposed to my knee hurts, so I do this. I get headaches, so I take this. Um, and would just love to kind of pick things, is pick things back up with, you know, and I guess the question I would pose is like, what does holistic mean to you? Like what it, when you hear that word, because um, we're kind of in that space, what, what does that mean um, to you? And then how do you talk about that with people?
1: Well, I mean, that's a great question, and it seems to be something that's been circulating around the health community and the alternative health community for a long time. But when I think of holistic, I think of whole health, and I think of something holy, and I think of the opposite of isolated allopathic approach and or escapism mentality. You know, so for the concepts of traditional herb, um, traditional Chinese herbal medicine and Ayurveda and some ancient Persian mystic healing and some African healing. It's all about really approaching the entire vessel, mind, body, and spirit, and see where am I out of alignment in my approach that's causing me to have this affliction or this pain or this trauma or whatever it is, whatever aberrations happening in the mind and body. And I was actually just – I did an interview last week, and a um, kind of similar question came about – And i immediately just thought of you know it's it's really an emotional concept it's a it's a mental you know fracture that takes us into pain and frustration and disease um our mind is the one that's governing the ship you know and to get deeper into that we can say that it's it's an internal thing you know the true minds in the lower gut but Beyond that, our decisions dictate the outcome. You know, if someone goes into a life that go, that creates metabolic disease and goes into diabetes, nine times out of 10, it was choices that was made by the mind. But where, how are those choices made? They were made by, you know, bad information, stored trauma, escaping, coping mechanism, mechanisms, putting things under the rug, which ultimately builds up and causes problems. If it's an injury, everyone can have a freak injury, but there's a reason why that person put themselves into that position for that injury. you know. And, and so for me, a holistic approach is the only approach you can have to have a well-balanced life. And that's not to say where things aren't gonna happen. Things will happen. But to be completely present, you're mitigating the risk of things happening and I, I believe fullheartedly that that's a holistic concept. And again, as an early teen, as an early kid in this country, you know, it's always like, okay, what can I do to fix this? How do I isolate and fix this? You know, uh, it's what we were taught on TV. It's what we were taught by our nurses at school. It's what we were taught by our science teachers. And it's really... Starting to evolve out of that, you can see most of the functional um, movement doctors, um, the new new age chiropractors, they're really starting to realize. I mean, they've realized it, but they're not putting the, their presence into full body alignment and care, so that the body is not uh, is not configured in a in a place where it can go out of alignment, where injury can happen. It's the same thing, like, you know, if you you hurt your knee, there's a high propensity chance that you're going to be hurting something else on the other side of the body because you're taking yourself out of alignment. That's what holistic means. Holistic means that from head to toe and from energy centers all around, all those things have to play their part into perfection to keep the body whole, especially in the crazy world we live in today. You know, it's not like we're all just, you know, sitting around, meditating all day long we're getting into machines we're driving vehicles we're jumping on airplanes we're going up elevators we're sitting in chairs i mean there's so many things that holistically take us out of the body's ability to be in its healthy healthiest position so there's never been a time to really grasp that more than ever and that starts with you know hydration it starts with meditation it starts with awareness of body and it starts with flexibility And, uh, knowing what things not to put in your body, whether that's bad information or bad friendships or bad food or bad water, it's taken, uh, it's it's taken the vessel, um, seriously. So I I guess that's my approach to a holistic perspective that everything affects itself.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think sometimes too. And and I think I'm at fault for this too. You start to just think about the little tweaks you can be making. Um, And we were talking right before we got on here, just about like sports and performance. And we had a really awesome uh, woman on our podcast a while ago, who is a sports nutritionist for the Cubs for 15 years. And she kind of put this into perspective, which made a lot of sense. She was like, "I, I have this like band of nutrition that I think about. And the center of that band is, is basic nutrition. And then I layer on to the edges of that sports nutrition, whether that's supplementation, whether that's recovery tools. But she goes, if you can't solve the center band, adding on these little, you know, performance things on the end, it's not going to, you're not going to get anywhere. Like you might get a 1% gain, but if you finish that center part, um, and I think a lot of, you know, what we see now and like, you know, me being in like the performance world and doing that, you dealing with all sorts of awesome athletes that you work with, whether it's Djokovic or Mike Tyson or all these awesome people that, that you surround yourself with. Those people, like to me, when I look at those athletes, like the top performers, um, like RIP to Kobe, he was the, the mental fortitude that those people had. And they took it all so seriously. And it was before it was like somewhat trendy to be meditating or thinking about that. and then of course once you get to that peak performance level you can start to layer on these higher end tools and i think so many people go right to seeing an athlete doing something whether it's a workout on instagram or a supplement that they're taking and go to jump to that before taking care of this baseline and i've been i was at fault for that for a long time Uh, until i really started to like root down and say okay what are the daily practices? And I'm reading a really good book um, right now called The Art of Impossible by Stephen Coulter, who does a lot of cool uh, work on people that have done, quote unquote, impossible things. And the chapter I just read was, was awesome. And I want to piggyback off our last conversation, too. He talked a lot about just consistency. And when we were in our last conversation, you and I we were talking about momentum. You were, we were really keen on that. And actually, I took that word from that conversation and that's my entire word for 2022 is momentum. Awesome. Um, and I was really thinking, I always I always put a word out for the year and kind of like set my intention on that. Um, and it's been a lot about that recently. And I think that momentum is so powerful and you can't build momentum. You can't start the push without, without getting to that baseline. Um, and I think it just needs to be reassured because – it's not the sexy thing, right? It's not the cool thing that everybody's doing. They're not putting these powers together and all that. It's like, like you said, are you drinking good water? Are you being, you know, understanding of how your mind works? And and I think me for going back to those basics, like we were just chatting before this too. I did did really well at this race this weekend. And on that day, it was just the basic things that got me there. It was a meditative practice in the morning. You talk about a, a nice stretch. Very basic food in the morning to prepare my body for the for the task at hand, like nothing crazy, and then you go out and perform um so i, I love that perspective
1: yeah th- it's funny you said that we were i did a I did another podcast last week with my guy Nija and a few n f l guys they have a new um podcast and uh Ryan Clark and a few other guys these guys are awesome, and that was what we were talking about. Is, how do you, you know, how do you get in the zone? And it's not getting stressed out and thinking of too many things. It's really putting yourself in a position where you can take on anything and with balance and and you know you're not overstepping your presence. And I think that's really key for momentum. You know, momentum is built by being present and slowly creating a ground floor that your legs and and mind can stand on properly. You know, we we uh, what's the quote? Uh, the, ele- the elevator to success is broken. You got to take the stairs. Um, there's truth to that in all walks of life, in all areas of your own development, and that's really an epigenetic thing too. To cross it over into that concept of your, you know, your long-term health and your your ability to stay in the health span in this life, as opposed to going to the disease span is that momentum can go any direction, but momentum has to have strong roots and it has to have clarity on those roots. We know about the placebo effect. We know about the nocebo effect. That's a Dr. Bruce Lipton thing, the biology of belief. And in order to really carve out the ability to grow and manufacture genius and manufacture your own evolution, you got to know where you currently are at and you have to look at it directly into the mirror i've talked to all my athletes about that denial which is another form of escapism is one of the most dangerous things you can do for for your you know your livelihood for your health for your ability to be able to take charge of your life and it's funny it's like this seems to be the theme or I always go back to and it's not a talking it's not a talk track it's just it's it's really the root of uh, my entire experience in this life in terms of our ability to take ourselves to the next level and to do it in an authentic way not a not a false ego that is trying to get out of their own get out of their own miasm or their own illusion this is a this is a root concept that, um, I, I learned through my anthroposophical work, which is a Steiner work. It's interesting, You uh, people ask me about biodynamic farming. Are you familiar with biodynamics? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you know, we know that biodynamic uh, you know, style of farming produces some of the best food in the world, some of the most mineralized food in the world. And what's interesting is when Steiner put together the system for biodynamics, which is, you know, closed loop system, everything is self-contained. You have to administer herbs and preparations and crystals, and you have to create all of this alchemy with, you know, cow manure. You have to understand the cosmos, the waxing and waning of the moon, constellations, they all play their part into Um, how to grow food properly and the timing and all that kind of stuff. There's so much magic to it. And what was interesting to me was his intention with biodynamics was not to create the best food. His intention was creating the man and woman in the process of growing food. It was the alchemy of the stewardship that developed free minds and open faculties of development to create momentum in one's life. The side effect of learning biodynamics and putting your hands in the dirt and being connected to the mother was good food. And the same thing with the way we approach our abundance in our life, whether that's our health, whether that's our financial abundance, whether that's our relationship abundance, whether that's our physical body abundance. Uh, there was a. There was a. I think I feel like it's dwindling down, but you know, from two thousand five to two thousand sixteen to seventeen, it was all about aesthetics, right? You had all this crazy shit with aesthetics, all this contest prepping, all these people like they go on stage, they've been basically dropping sodium, dropping water, broccoli and chicken breast, robbing themselves of the nutrients of fat. Brain cells dying. I can go on and on of how gnarly what they were doing to their thyroids. You know, let me, let me tell you, there's so much women out there that come to me that have gone through that that can't even revive their thyroid function, and they're on they're on Synthroid or some synthetic T three now, and that and that's crazy what that's doing to their entire ecosystem. So I brought that up because if you're chasing the aesthetic, your momentum can't go into limitless your aesthetic should be a side effect yeah. of embodying health happiness and your ritual practice and that's the same thing with you know and, and i feel like that's what you're embodying because i can see that in you you look healthy you feel good um you know, and you take you, you take it mind, body, and soul. You're not just this one angle. It's not it's like it's kind of like a, a designated hitter in baseball.
0: Yeah, that's and, exactly it. Yeah, right.
1: Most designated hitters, like I'm good friends with Albert Pujols. You know, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, he's a legend. I think he's third all time home runs or whatever. But later in his career, you know, he, he he got injured. He became a DH, and he just that's all he does. He walks up there and try to tries to hit a home run, and that's it. Can he play left field? You know, can he be a utility shortstop? No, of course not. And so we have to look at how dynamic do we want to be in this life and what is our intention with our action? If your intention is to go to the gym just to like look pumped up for your Vegas trip, how's that, how's that going to work out? What happens to you after two days of drinking and going to sleep at 4 a.m. and doing other crazy stuff? You know, most of those people come back and they're they go back into the same bullshit over and over yeah. it's the same cycle and so we got to get you know and look i'm i'm, I'm just saying an idealism this isn't for everyone you know that we don't you don't have to do this there's no one putting a gun to your head but if you're going to be that person that's always complaining about your health always complaining and needing help um, not being part of the solution being part of the problem uh, which i think is a big deal in this world right now we have a we have a medical system that is failing. Our medical system is uh, most likely could put this whole country into complete bankruptcy. We have, we're spending trillions of dollars on medical debt. And we, based on development countries, the United States is last place in health. We have a high obesity rate. We have a high diabetes rate. We have a high heart failure rate. We have high cancer rates. It's only getting worse. And this is costing taxpayers so much money. This is throwing our economy into shambles. We're not getting anywhere with it. Allopathic care is trying to treat a problem with a nuclear bomb. And it's, it's, we're, it's just, we're, we're, it's insanity what's happening right now. So, so yeah, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay strong about this. We need to wake the fake up. We need to understand the laws and principles of our health and the dynamic of our health. And we need more people that give a fuck. Yeah. It's simple yeah.
0: yeah, it is. And I think, you know, one thing that's grounded me within the last year is having a child. And yeah. wow. I mean, it's been, you know, I've I've really, to your point of like waking up, I'm, I'm still in, I'm self-admittedly still in the process of that. Of course, um, you you know, Yeah. Are. And it's, and it's, a am in the, and I feel like I, I love having a beginner's mindset of always learning and being in the, in the start of it. And, you know, going through that and it's, it's been the greatest thing in the entire world with that responsibility though, and an understanding of all of the things that are happening from pregnancy to childbirth, to uh, the, the growing of a, of a baby to all of the inputs that are coming in through, I think you just posted on Instagram today about how, Cell phones and uh, tablets and computers aren't toys, but they're and and like I know that. I mean, we just see that the an airline gets shut down because of a five G tower next to it. Like people are seeing that, and then they're they're obviously like you know you see all these things and you, and you just go back into what you're doing. I'm in the space now of seeing these things and through mindfulness being able to be aware of those things but also understanding that I live in a city. I live surrounded by 5G towers. Like I understand that. So I'm like starting to come to this, okay, I'm now going to give my genes to another human and understanding that there is a genetic makeup of that, understanding epigenetics of, okay, she has these genes from me and my wife and all of the people from the past. And now we have the opportunity to give her the best possible path through whether it's health, spiritually, physically, mentally. Um, And I think one of the things that I'm trying to wrap my head around is, uh, is, is really coming to that and saying, okay, what are the things I can be doing for her? And, And seeing the whole process of this has been just, it's been incredible while also humbling, while also scary because of all the crazy shit and going through you know, learning about the, the the just the birthing of the child as a system right now, and to your point of like hospitalization through that, it is insane how wow, really? that works itself out as a business. It is a business, and it should be just this amazing experience. And of course, there's like to your point, like injury can happen, things can go on. We get that, but just seeing that and being like, wow, like we're starting off there. And we know that like when you plant a seed, if you don't take care of it as a seed, there's no, it's not going to be a, a gorgeous plant. You even can before, just turn the things.
1: The earth, even before yes. the earth, yes. just the, the cosmic union of man and woman because of, you know, media and pornography and the way we've wrapped ourselves around codependency. I mean, and, and the health of two beings coming together and all that stuff. I mean, yeah, the, the well said on the birthing process it's an, i mean i've done a three-hour lecture on birthing and um that was about two years ago and i was speaking to a bunch of moms and it is insanity the it's way insane. that we're having children today yeah Uh ah, so and then well, then
0: i think so, know, what, so what are you going to do about it exactly and so you know that's that's where i'm at with this and i'm thinking okay you know i've now I'm speaking about it to a lot of like, you know, I'm starting like my whole thought about administering what I have learned um, is that I'm, I start on the local level, right? So I always think about friends, family, and people that I surround myself with, and then starting to move forward with that and thinking the other thing now is like every decision that I make has a ripple effect. in in regards to, whether I go buy organic produce or conventional that has a ripple effect on demand supply. Are we going to support, you know, like the superfoods that I'm getting, I'm making sure they're from a biodynamic farm. They're not from some random thing on Amazon. That's 50 cents cheaper. Um, In regards to her health, like she is now eating solid foods. The stuff I'm putting in her body is incredible. I'm making like goji berry, chia seed, hemp seed smoothies that she's eating at 11 months old when I was having rice cereal. And so you look at this change and you're like, okay, how can I impact her that way? While well, also then having these open conversations, because the, to the point of like, just, you know, childcare and birth and all that, it is, and, and this is a thing too, it's a very sensitive issue in my mind due to the way that the media has created it to be, because I think it should be a very easy flowing conversation. Taboo. Um, it's yeah. It, it's taboo. so, it's just like, yeah. You look at this like painful experience of birth when it should be magical. Denial, escapism.
1: Like, yeah.
0: It is a hard thing, yeah. but so are everything that is. Every hard thing has a result. And if you think running a marathon is going to be easy, like you're wrong. But when you finish it, it was worth the journey. So Makes I think sense. you know. I think it's all about speaking up and talking about this and not it's your point not feeling taboo about it being able to have conversations about it and state state opinion and and drive a hey look into this like hey you should read a couple of these books that I read about pregnancy about vaccines about um you know childbirth and just just read the book like you don't have to listen to what i'm saying but just read or start to do that and and in that book i'm reading right now he talks about the power of reading and i read countless books before we had Amelia. And just to get the information in was like, wow, this is now I'm in a way different space than I was before it. So I think it's just being, a, you know, it's just being open and honest and not being afraid to have conversation is super important. That's everything, man.
1: I mean, that, again, that goes back to the same concept of symptomology, you know, where we're treating the symptom, right? It's the same thing as escapism. We don't want to look at it. We don't want to look at it. We want to keep hiding it. We want to keep sweeping it under the rug. We want to block it out. There's a pain in my side that keeps coming up. Okay, give me Advil. I don't want to talk to it. I want to keep going with whatever the hell I'm doing. I got got, pain, Advil, glass of wine, TV. Okay. uh, Meeting up with this stranger, uh, getting on this dating app, uh, eating this fucking bullshit food all of that stuff is not pr- creating communities it's doing the exact opposite and it's no wonder we're in the position we are in during this pandemic whatever this thing is and so it you know it well i you know i i'm optimistic that we can only get so bad before it gets good and i think we've kind of bottomed out you know and a lot of people might not realize that because maybe they're in a sphere of influence of positive people that are making action. But you, you know, you make the world a hundred people. You know, ninety, ninety of them are struggling. You know, mm-hmm. just looking at the numbers. That's what my data is showing me. And um, we gotta, you know, we gotta look at ourselves in the mirror, be honest with ourselves, and see what our karma is, you know, laying out for us. But if you're listening to this conversation. There are action steps that you can do to get yourself out of that rut, out of that amnesia, you know, and it's not some newfound technology or newfound source code. It's really just remembering your existence and your purpose here and really getting down to the root basics of, you know, why were you born? Were you born to just go through the same methods every single day? and have the same cycles, 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Or do you wanna try something different and get a little uncomfortable? It's just like the innate immune response. If you don't get the immune system uncomfortable, you're looking at a soft shell of immunity. That's a, that's a scientific fact. You can trace it down to the you know pathology of it. We have to get uncomfortable in order to have resistance. In order to be resilient in this reality, and that's the same thing with our mind, body, and soul. You know, the, this conversation about birthing it reminds me of also all the women out there that are on birth control, and it's it's just shocking that that they're so that they're so lackadaisical on the experience of stopping their ovulation, which is one of the holiest of holiest experiences a woman can go through is that you know that 28 day moon cycle and that seed that drops and there's a death within and it's such a time to to release so much fragmented energy that women pick up and by and just just that alone missing that is crazy let alone the pharmacological or biochemistry aspect of suppressing that and what that does uh, to a woman, and they've probably flipped it on them as a weight loss mechanism and something that's good for their skin. It's like, what? <laughs> how, how did we even get there? And this whole like thing about PMS and this whole like joke about it—that are you kidding me? Like, that's one of the, that should be the mo- one of the most beautiful experiences a woman is is going through, and, and how men should support that and not frown upon it. That's it's because like it's such word magic, you know, Oh, she's on, she's got her PMS. Like, dude, how dare you? How dare you talk like that? It's just so crazy. And that's, that's, that's the problem of a mechanistic material world that's governed by corporatocracies that are making money off of the escapism vibration of humanity, you know? And that's, that's really how we got to wake the fake up again and, and, and get into the, you know, the uncomfortable zones, which ultimately create the most comfort once you're there. It's, it's, it's interesting how that works.
0: Yeah. I think one thing that I've been trying to do during this process too, is to truly challenge myself by having conversations with people that are on the other end of the spectrum. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I notice is through podcasting, through in, being around people that are in wellness, like, if these conversations flow very easy because like we agree or we can come to similar conclusion. When you try to have a conversation like this, and I'm not talking with somebody that's like so whacked out that they won't entertain a, a, uh, anything, but even just like, let's just say like a quote unquote normal person walks in the room and, you know, they drink their protein shake, they go to three fitness classes a week and they meditate once a month and, you know, they do yoga. They, they, they get it, but- how do you have this conversation with somebody like that? Because I feel like to your point, if 90% of people are ill in some, some way, like to switch that, like we have to have these conversations with people that might not agree or might challenge or might be kind of so far out of in being in touch with themselves that these things seem quacky or, or crazy. Um, and it's interesting because all of the things that i'll do and the habits that i'll come to i always try to draw it back to being able to perform and like do things well and say like obviously like these things work because this is a result but i don't do them for the result like you mentioned earlier i don't do meditation because i know it's a tool in my toolkit to perform better it's part of my like it's part of my who i am so how do you have those conversations especially when somebody's like just challenging so hard Um, and I think they're good to have because they get us more fine tuned, but how do you go about those?
1: That's such a great question. Um, I think it, it really comes down to balance, right? When you have extremes, it's used against you to a certain degree. And I look at the quasi spiritual community and I see some of the behavior of, of them, and I, I understand them because I, I know what they're doing, but to the casual everyday Joe, that is so extreme and so ridiculous that they can't, even, they, they can't even penetrate that. And what's happened with the spiritual community, and I use that term vaguely, when you have women that are you know running around naked, you know, praying to the moon, putting their menstrual blood all over their face, speaking in higher tongues and talking about fifth dimensional codes you're going to have people that are going to be pessimistic about that and look look at them as just what what is this you know what what do you guys what are you you're crazy you know get grounded and i understand why those people are doing that because they were stuck in such a high high construct material world and that's not part of their soul's journey and so, how do you rebel against something that's been taking half your life? You go extreme on the other end, right? And I and I and that polarity is as a problem, in my opinion, in terms of the collective. So for me, it's finding balance and finding balance with people and working with them at where they're at, while showing them, uh, you know, proof from um, from purpose and service. And so, if we can. Walk in the light and not tell them what to do, and not speak about our spirituality, and not preach about how we do things, and more just show them what works for us and embody it. Then people will pick up on that. That's a, that's psychology 101. It's like sales 101, like, sure. like a car salesman. If he's demanding you, this is the best car, this is the best, this is the best. No, even if you want to buy that car, you're not going to buy it. Exactly. Yeah. But if you take it away, you know, you do the takeaway on them and say, you know, this this might not be for you. This is what's available, but you know, this is this is how we do things. But this this might not be for you. That frequency on a psychological level is the way to open people's minds and hearts, so they can they can learn and embody it and bringing it down to humanity level. And not this hierarchical. You're out of your mind. You're crazy. You're ridiculous. You're part of the whole, you know, bullshit agenda. Da da da, da, da You're poison to society. It's judgment is just. It just casts more fear and more anger. And you're never gonna. You're never gonna grow a group. I, I feel like when I started going public with things that I had learned throughout my entire life, I was very very angry. I was very ferocious in my approach. I was calling people out. I was pissed off at the the people out there that, I was pissed off at the spiritualists. I was pissed off at the materialists. I was pissed off at the fake gurus. I was pissed off at all the spiritual, regurgitated motivational bullshit. I was pissed off at all the health coaches that were preaching the same bullshit, charging people an arm and a leg and just re- rebranding, I was so angry and frustrated because I saw all of this as vicious cycles. No, we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. And and I had to go through that like phase of being angry till I realized that um, I'm I'm just casting more pain in my own life and this isn't really accomplishing anything. And as soon as I could draft off the frequency of anger into more of a truth and non-judgmental approach without having to put down a group of people or cast judgment, my life changed. It evolved drastically. My ability to learn grew 10 times faster. I'm forever a student. And the capacity to draw people into the movement has been effortless and seamless because people are naturally organically gonna be able to vibrate at a much better level and receive the information because it's not coming with sharp tongues and fire. And so there's still moments where I'm gonna bring the fire, but it's not at the peril of my brother or sister. It's more more at, at the union of self and spirit to emanate truth. And taking a scientific approach taking a pragmatic approach, looking at some data points, looking at your own personal experience, being the direct observer of your approach. You know, all of those things are really key um, to get people motivated and to shake their tree so they can see within themselves a reflection and say, you know, wow, this might be something for me. And then you make it simple their entry point can't be some complicated. We're going to we're going to Urubamba in Peru. We're doing 14 weeks of ayahuasca. We're sitting with the shaman naked in the river for two weeks straight, no talking. <laughs> we're going into, you know, and then, it, no, it's, we gotta have momentum. We gotta take the right steps. And it's gotta be, first, it's gotta come from within. You know, and, and the body and mind have to get healthy to a certain capacity. And I think that's the, the whole Symbiotica movement. Um, that's the, the tribe that I've, I've aligned with. And people are jumping on board at record numbers right now. It's it's pretty epic. And everyone has a seat at the table. There's no hierarchy. Like this whole thing where I, I've, I'm, I'm just part of this movement. I'm not standing above anybody at all. I'm, I'm just one voice, you know, I go to events, people expect me to take lead and be this whatever, if if the moment needs that, I will, but I like to sit and listen now, whereas opposed years ago, I was the one voicing everything and being part of every discussion. I'm just, I like to sit now and listen and receive. And so I think it's just finding balance and uh, embodying it truly,
0: so. Did you come to a specific point where that flip switched? Because I feel like there's yeah. a lot of people who are on either out of either side of the spectrum that have that that emotion in them that drives them to be just so demonstrative. Yeah. Um, whereas when you can be a little bit more receptive and listen and hear people, yeah. I think the, the scale of change dramatically increases. Unless you want to be the, you know, the the boisterous person, but. Uh, yeah, was there like a flipping point? Was there like something that you read, or was it just kind of a culmination of of a lot of things?
1: I, I think it was a culmination of all the things. It, it wasn't this one aha moment. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I saw a video of me at an event, and I was watching myself, and someone had been filming me without me knowing I was being filmed, uh, and it was from a, it was from like an angle, it was like a vantage point, and there was a fire, and there was a. T- you know, hundreds of people around this thing and I was watching myself. And I, I was, you know, 10 minutes into the talk, I was just so motivated and then boom, I shifted into this like crazy warrior and very aggressive. And, I, and for a second there, I didn't recognize myself and I, and I felt uncomfortable watching myself. I loved what I was saying, but just an en- energy, I was it, was, it was just too much. And I'd been told by a lot of people, like, you know, I don't look like the normal guy behind the desk, scientist that sits on a board. I know what my appearance is. You know, I know what my bloodline is. I know what my human design is. I'm an investigator. I'm a martyr. You know, I'm an anarchist. You know, I know that I exude that. I know that I'm a Scorpio rising. You know, I'm... I'm I, and, and I know my voice and my ability and I know that I make a lot of people insecure. I know this, this is not, this is, I, I hear it all the time, it's especially men. You know, a lot of men are insecure with me. And especially because I'm, you know, I'm right in your face and I reflect that. I reflect whatever issues you've had or whatever, it's just I'm right there. And it's not my intention to do that. And I don't want to do that. And I, I've come to terms that my own bioenergetic energy and the fire that I have, I can cultivate it for myself and I can keep it on longer if I'm not letting it go. It's the same thing with like semen retention, right? You know, I, that's a big deal for me, you know? I remember in my twenties, I was dropping my semen all the time, <laughs> you know what I mean? And now I go weeks. And I hold it, it's a, it's a chi energy that's cultivating energy. If I'm barking fire, even if it's what I believe in, and it's, I have the best intentions, and I wanna shake people's trees, at some point I'm losing my, my energy. And uh, I'm, I'm pushing more people away than I am that can hear me. And then also the, the evolution of the company and, and what I'm trying to achieve now. I don't have to be the guy on the front lines screaming about every single problem anymore. I've done that enough. And I've built and I've helped enough people to understand. There's enough people out there doing such a great Mm -hmm. job. I've realized, okay, my purpose here. I want to get people healthy. I want to get them the best nutrients on earth. I want them to take ownership of their health. I want them to create sovereignty in their life and understand what true freedom is—the philosophy of freedom. If if I'm doing all this other stuff, uh, that's getting away in the message. I don't need that. I don't need that. I'm already. Uh, you know controversial as it is uh, so I, I, I don't need to do more of it so again it was a it was looking myself in the mirror and saying to myself is it is it there is there an ego that's running away here that's involved with this push how do I how, how do I get, get in between and really start finally tuning it where the ego I have full control of it because I'm not one of those people that believes that you know starve the ego, feed the soul. I don't believe that at all. I believe that we have to nurture a healthy ego so we are driven for excellence, so we can be legendary and have purpose in our life to help others around us. The false ego that was built upon pride and suffering and trauma that's built scar tissue around it, that's the ego that's dangerous that's the ego that does things out of alignment and is not using practicality in its approach. And so it's easy to blend those, blur those lines very easily if you're not present and you don't do self-examination of self on a daily basis, which is another big part of my practice. Before I go to bed every night, I reflect on the day, I reflect on the conversations, I reflect on the experiences. Very, very present, and all that. And that's made a huge, huge, um, you know, high, high elevation in my life on everything that I do. And I always
0: say, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, I love that. And one thing that I, i've taken from you and your cousin david is on the best day ever mindset that we, yeah. we we use that in our we have a wall in our space where everybody that comes in writes best day ever and signs it there's hundreds of signatures on this wall right behind me that's and, easy, uh, man. yeah I mean, it, 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 casting spells especially them signing it oh it's the best dude yeah, like, it's insane sure. and so we ask everybody our final question we ask everybody on our podcast which i'll post to you right now and and i and i've you know, taking this a lot from you guys is if you can wake up tomorrow, have the best day ever, do anything you ever wanted in the world. What is, what is your best day ever look like?
1: My best day ever tomorrow would be, which is interesting because it's going to be the best day tomorrow. You know? I'm, I'm actually heading down to, uh, I actually I have the, I have a film crew come in here. We're going to be going into the cold plunge and it's the cold plunge crew that made and designed that. Yeah. So okay, cool. We're going to be hanging out with the homies. We're going to be drinking some Shilajit. We're going to be talking about mineralization. We're going to be talking about life. Um, and then we're going to jump in the cold plunge. I'm going to, you know, knock my socks off in there. I'm going, to, I'm going to jump in the infrared sauna and I'm going to be around brothers and sisters. So we're going to be cultivating that magic. And then from there, I head over to my brother, Paul Check's house. I'm, uh, we're going to be podcasting all day and talking about symbiotica and And so tomorrow is gonna be the best day ever. And how could it not be the best day ever? How can I assume that it's not gonna be the best day ever? Because everything yesterday is no more, right? It's like, we we just gotta get out of that like that Maya, that illusion that like we're so tied to the past or we're so tied to a future that hasn't come yet. It's just about this moment. There's nothing else matters. And if you can embody that for a week, Watch what happens to your life. Watch how things instantaneously slow down. And that's the thing. Most people want things to speed up. Get on with it. Just get on with it. Just get on with it. Before you know it, you're you know, you're know 65, 70 years old. And we're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, it's like I want everything to slow down. And by being present, it slows down because if you're daydreaming and you're projecting and you're stuck on the Gregorian calendar and you're stuck on this holiday and you're stuck on this holiday and you're stuck on the weekend and the weekday and all this more more word magic and you're just caught up in the loop, you're caught up in the super bowl, you're caught up in this that, whatever the whole bullshit, you're so out of the present that you lose the gift. That's why they call it a present. But when you lose the gift, you're stuck in the maya, you're stuck in some False illusion, then you're never getting anything done. So, what you're trying to get ahead of doesn't even happen. And that's how, that's why people, as they get older, you always hear it's cliche. Yeah. Time speeds up as you get older. Oh, this gets faster. It gets faster. And when you're six years young, it's the slowest thing ever because you're in theta brainwave. Everything is imagination and everything is present because the, you're living in a dream it's like god has never projected so further than through a child's eyes they always say that right because they're so close to what god is embodied and that's a that's a very deep deep ancient way of looking at it through the lens of a even an ayurvedic approach or a hindu approach or krishna approach you know all the different deities in the, in the faith system of of the uh of the non-illusion, non-dualistic mentality and emotional reality. It's very interesting stuff. So that's my thats my long convoluted answer <laughs> of what the best day ever looks like.
0: <laughs> that, is, that sounds like a, a true best day ever. Yes. A lot of good stuff going on there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sure being so happy to do part two here. I really appreciate everyone. If you're listening
1: to this, I appreciate you being here and spending time with us and really speaking about things that matter. And, and it's all love. That's just unconditional love, truly. Truly,
0: thanks so much for being here. And uh, today, have the rest of your day be the best day ever. And then tomorrow, we already know it is. So thanks, brother.
1: Absolutely, of course.